0: Now, Rock Talk with
1: Mitch LaFawn. Welcome to this episode of Rock Talk with Mitch Lafon. Joining me on the phone for the second time in the last couple of months, it is a classic Styx singer Dennis DeYoung. He, of course, has a new album called 26 East Volume 1 and, and recently put out a video called With All Due Respect that features... Well, okay, it doesn't feature, but I'm in it. There you go. I'm part of that video. Alan, were you aware that I was part of a Dennis D. Young video? And and honestly, how cool is that?
2: Uh, I was not aware of that. And I think that's uh, exceptionally entertaining. Um, You know, Joe Bonamassa starts up a new podcast interviewing people. And you're part of the first six-pack that he cracks open. Um, That I thought was very cool. And once more, I'm going to say... Go check out, I think it's called Live from Nerdville or something. Go check it out. It's actually entertaining to watch a rock god um, interview a journalist god.
1: <laughs> a rock talk god. No, but, and by the way, uh, we haven't said bonjour, so uh, hello. We, we we just got, we're like two yentas all of a sudden. We, we didn't get a chance to do the uh, polite bonjour, how are you, welcome to the show. And uh, yes, uh, Joe Bonamassa alive from Nerdville, and I, I will continue to say this: Neil Sean, Mitch Lafon, and oh, look at rhymes, and then Paul Stanley. So technically, since I was the show just before Paul Stanley, I opened for Paul Stanley. There you go. There you go. That's. that's, that's
2: I think that I think I think that's absolutely fabulous, and of course, you would obviously expect me to say that after your interview it goes downhill um but let's let's talk about
1: uh... it did not go downhill i i <laughs> I, I warmed up the uh, the uh, the best but uh, speaking of the best Dennis DeYoung is one of the great rock vocalists and well in fact would you consider that cause, i mean i think you look at Paul Rogers, you look at Lou Graham. um some would say Robert Plant not, me not necessarily um but 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 Dennis is in that 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 conversation of one of the greats right i mean certainly top 10 if not top 5 it's a
2: matter of taste and um i will say that when i was on my first ever trip to america i bought an album and listened to it and i thought this is pretty interesting and it's pretty intelligent and i kind of like this and, um, but I would say that Dennis DeYoung to me is not quite my cup of tea as a vocalist. Um, there's just a shade of the theatrical about it that doesn't connect me as strongly as a Paul Rogers or even a Hanu Ledeen from Finland, for example. But, you know, Use Your Grand Illusion, I thought was a good album, um, which came out did on 7/777 did,
1: did I
2: mix up a couple did I mix did I mix up a couple of uh, album titles there use your grand Illusion? Yeah um, well well yeah but And I and I and I think it's still a topical record
1: It is and the new 26 East volume 1 is a topical record the uh, with all due respect is a song that takes a shot at uh, the current news media uh, both on the left and on the right, it's not a, a political statement in, in terms of one is better than the other. It's kind of saying that they're all kind of crappy these days. But uh, the first interview I did with Dennis back in I guess May or, or, or June was all about the album and the new thing and then I got approached to have these uh, interviews done for for a Led Zeppelin show. And so this one focuses a lot on Dennis talking about his experiences with Led Zeppelin. So it's it's a unique interview in the sense that we're not really plugging the new album, but we do get some mentions in there because, of course, why not? Uh, but hey, let's, let's just go over and listen to Dennis. Always, always entertaining. One of my favorites. And he has a great love for the province of Quebec and Montreal. If you ever look at his little uh, videos or YouTube postings, He's always wearing a, either a Quebec hoodie or a, or a Montreal t-shirt. It's 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 fabulous to see. He just loves this place. Uh, here is the one, the only, Dennis D. Young. We are speaking with uh, legendary vocalist Dennis D. Young. The new album is 26th East, of Volume 1. And as we say, uh, well, in fact, we're not in Montreal here. We're in, we're in New York. So, uh, hello. How are you?
0: <laughs> Good. I'm very well, as a matter of fact, considering... You know, my wife and I have been in the house together for 12 weeks. And outside of the fact that she said to me, clearly, even in the house, she wants me to stay six feet away.
1: (laughs) Well, listen, you know, I've been married 18 years and I got the same line. So I guess it's just one of those things.
0: I know. She said even during sex. And she says it's never been better. I don't know what that means.
1: (laughs) Well, at least you're getting some. Mine just says stay six feet away. But uh, let us quickly talk about this and then we'll get into all things. Uh, Led Zeppelin. But the uh, the new album sounds absolutely spectacular. I mean, the reviews are up and down positives. I've seen 5 on 5, 9 on 10s, 10 on 10s. I've seen it's the best album of 2020. Just uh, quickly talk to me about what inspired you to write new music. I mean, you're Dennis DeYoung. You go out there, you play Lady, you play Babe, you play Renegade, whatever. And fans are happy. So tell me about, okay, I'm going to write new music. And not only that, but make it one of the best albums of your career.
0: Well, as you know, I didn't want to. I was against the idea because rock and roll as a musical form in the United States at any rate, and I think pretty much in Canada, it's, um, it's off the radio. You can't find it anywhere unless it's classic rock or classic hits. New music and new bands are... Um, there, there, there's just no format for them. So I thought, why would I be doing this if I can't find a way to communicate with the people? Why would I put myself through the, the work of writing songs? But Jim Peterick and uh, Serafino from Frontiers Records talked me into it after three years. And it gave me the chance, now that I look back on it, to say thanks and farewell to all the people who bought Styx Records and concert tickets and gave myself and my wife and my kids the greatest life you could imagine. So it, it offered me that that possibility. But really, uh, Mitch, you know how I feel about this. If you don't have good songs, just don't make a record because you know how to play chords and stay in time. Uh, you gotta have great songs for people. And so myself and Jim Peterick, we uh, we took over two two years actually to write all the music. We had came out with 18 songs. Uh, nine of which we wrote together, and nine that I wrote by myself, and that's why there will be a vol- volume two because there was just so much done, and the record company insisted. So, uh, but really, for for all intents and purposes, uh, rock has been totally eclipsed by pop music, rap, and, and and actually country music, which is sad. I can't explain it completely, but it it is a reality we all face. But as far as 26 East goes, the address of my house. Uh, where the band, the Nucleus of Sticks, was formed in 1962 by the Panazzo brothers and myself, who happened to live on the same block. So it's a tribute to where it all began in that basement. And I always say, where it began, so shall it end. And the songs on the record, I'm, I'm happy to, uh, uh, to tell you, as you already know, and you've said publicly so many times, of which I thank you for, is, um, uh, you know, our, it was a concept album, and it was simply Don't Suck. That's it, don't suck. Don't make a, a, an embarrassment of yourself at your age. Um, so we worked real hard to write the best songs we could. And from all people that I talked to, I don't talk to everybody. And what are they gonna tell me? I suck? No. But even guys like you, who, whose business it is to tell the truth in your opinion, um, a mission was accomplished because uh, people liked the songs. I mean, I gotta tell you, uh, I, I should really thank Jim Peterick a whole lot. I won't, but I should. Because he only lives three block blocks from me, Mitch, which explains why I live in a gated community.
1: That, that's hilarious. That, that is great. And I, I will say this. I, I had one friend who, and we've, I've shared the, te- the screenshots of the text, but he's written that he listens to it sometimes up to 20 times a day. He just puts it on in the morning and he just repeats, repeats, repeats. It's that good. But you do have a new single uh, that's been uh, at radio called With All Due Respect. It has a fantastic video. Um, just quickly tell me about that song and that video.
0: Well, um, the video is to represent the the lyric of the song. It's really a it's a, a, a do it yourself video because my band is all over the country. So I told them the premise and what the backdrop should look like. So they did their, you know, they did their individual performances uh, on iPhones. And on you know video cameras and then send it into me, and then myself and uh, Greg uh, Bizarro, that's a real name. We uh, put it together with some animation here in uh, in the great city of Chicago, and it's, it's going to be coming out next week. And we're you know it's it's really about how the national media in the United States is, particularly with cable news and talk radio is doing a great disservice to the country and destroying the very fabric of the country by, for money, pitting the uh, the extremes and putting them on TV at all times and getting them to yell at each other. And, you know, this need for eyeballs and listeners has become, and viewers, more intense than it ever has been. And our our news media in, in, uh, in, in Illinois, in the United States, has been corrupted by it. They're chasing the dollar, and it's uh, it's worse than what bleeds leads. This is about the actual fiber of our country. And by presenting the polar opposites constantly in conflict, they make us all believe that we really are, are more divided than we are. And so the video really captures that and... Uh, it turns out pretty doggone good. Uh, I laugh. Uh, you, you, you're gonna laugh, and there's an opportunity for all you out there to cuss if you want. If that's your thing, and but it's 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 a hip shaking, rum bumping song.
2: Yeah,
1: it is, and and uh, I can't wait to uh, to let have uh, more folks hear it after this tonight. Uh, just real quick, since we are doing this thing for for Led Zeppelin as a legendary vocalist yourself, how really? do you sort of? Look at Robert Plant and what he was doing, because, you know, Styx was was big in the 70s and 80s. And of course, that's when Led Zeppelin was around. Um, was there a sense of competition? Was there a sense of, ooh, I like what he's doing? Was there a sense of, oh, my God, what the heck
0: he doing? How well, did you record yeah. deal were a cover band? So let me see. <clears throat> you need Baby, I'm not fooling. I don't even know what key that is, because that's, it's late. But uh, I used to do a whole lot of love. With, oh. with yeah. So, um, yeah. I mean, well, I was a Beatles fan. So Led Zeppelin. I remember the first time I heard a song by Led Zeppelin. JC, the, one of the original guitar players in Sticks, he um, he played me the album in his bedroom. I can remember sitting there and thinking, Jesus, what the heck is this? Because it was really, um, well, it was an epiphany for its time, wasn't it? Dazed and confused and all that. And, ow, wow, wow! And, and he's go, That's, it's, 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 you know, they really high. And uh, I thought, what the heck? I can't say it was my taste. It wasn't. Uh, J.C. loved it. So we put a uh, whole lot of love in the set, and I used to sing it. And I and I can still do a pretty good Robert Plant when I when I warm up. And uh, but you know, he he had that look. They were the thing. There was no competition between us and them. They were Led Zeppelin, for God's sake. Um, but, you know, I loved, I loved some of their songs, three or four of them I love. I bought two Led Zeppelin albums. But when it comes right down to it, uh, Robert Plant, I blame him for me trying to hold my nose and sing higher. Because um, when I first started singing was Six, it, you know, all the singers, they were in a competition suddenly to see who could sing the highest. I'm not sure where that came from, but I think it might have started with Plant. So um, we I used to push all all those a lot of those early sticks workers I was you know making sure no none of my voice went into my diaphragm stayed all up into my, my nasal passages and passages in my throat. So um, but that you know that's my, my thing. I met Robert and Jimmy Page briefly in Mannheim, Germany, very briefly. We were playing there and they were playing the night before and we showed up and uh, John Panasso, the drummer was down. It was in the afternoon. He was down in the bar, and uh, he, he he was chatting up Robert, because uh, he could talk to anybody. And uh, I came down. I didn't even know they were there, and there was John he says John meet Robert Plant. Hey Robert, nice to meet you. Seriously. And then Jimmy was there, but he was a few feet away, and he was a little bit more uh, standoffish. You know, he was more of these guys? So um, I think he was in his Alistair Crowley. Period or something. Anyway, uh, we were there, and so we went. They, we got invited to the show um, to watch him. I had seen him in—I had seen him once before in Chicago at the at the Chicago Stadium. So I had seen him. And my best friend in the world, Tom Short, who's now gone, may he lay in peace. My best buddy. He um, he loved Led Zeppelin above everything. He had seen them over thirty-five times in his life. He'd flown all over the world to see them because his wife Nancy uh, worked for United Airlines. He could fly free anytime he wanted to. But he was, uh, Led Zeppelin was everything to him. Everything. And oddly enough, Styx was his second favorite band. Now, I don't know how that even works, but he came to see us early on. I I met him like when I was 24 or 5. And we played, first place we played was in Chicago at a place called Alice's when we became Styx. And um, he came up and he, he would come every week and watch us play there. And we became friends because we, we enjoyed uh, our, each other's company in sports and politics and all that. But he really was. Led Zeppelin, was, they were gods to him. He never was, he liked the Beatles, but it was always Led Zeppelin. Um, and so um, the only thing else I can tell you about uh, Led Zeppelin is that, you know, they, they were fundamentally the band that brought the style of whatever you want to call it, heavy rock. I don't know what they even call it anymore. But they were they're about as heavy as, they, as you could get. And uh, Robert Plant was certainly the Adonis by which so many um, singers to come after him were, were trying to be like. You know, there's only one Mick Jagger, and um, I don't think more, more. I think more guys wanted to be Robert Plant than Mick, if he had, if, if truth had to be told. Um, what can I say? Oh, I, I wrote uh, a song, Sweet Madam Blue, that's quite popular by your your, your Quebecers up there. And um, because I have such a lousy ear, I really do. I, I have a great ear for certain things, but if you play me chords to a song, I'm going, oh, I don't want to have those chords. Where well, my other guitar players hear me the, and they're already finishing the song without me. I, um, I, you know, I, I, Sweet Madam Blue was really... Oh, let's face it, after Stairway to Heaven, every rock band in the world was trying to write one of those. Come on, Mitch, we know this. Anybody who anybody says it's not true, they're big fat liars. That continued from the 70s, 80s, 90s. To this day, people are, are trying to put their own spin on it. I always said, uh, Dream On is Aerosmith shot at it. And uh, I think uh, Sweet Man in Blue is mine. And you know, some, some people say it's the chords to one of their songs. I thought I was writing... I thought I was using the chord pattern to While My Guitar Gently Weeps, which does have a very similar uh, chord pattern, too. There's that song that...
1: Well, the the fans have always debated that Babe, I'm Gonna Leave You is Sweet Madam Blue.
0: Yeah, but, you know, here's the thing. I I was never that familiar with that song. It's the odd thing, because, like I said, um, I think the first... What was the first album? I hate... I have... What's the one with trampled underfoot and uh, oh. a physical graffiti? Right. Uh, that I, I said I own two of them. That may be the only one I have. But uh, the, you know, I wasn't that big of a fan that I was paying attention. But I wouldn't doubt that maybe my ear, as bad as it is, was channeling something. I thought, it, see, that's that's the thing. I thought I was, you know, ripping off a stairway to heaven. So, uh, but anyway, everybody everybody tries to write that song. And uh, they wrote it first, or well, at least that's what the court says. But if I'm going to be honest, now all the people Led Zeppelin fans who are devout uh, in in their worship of, of such as when I do hear that Spirit song when all that stuff was going on about the courts, they went well, well, <laughs> sounds pretty similar to me. But that's for another day. Uh, I, I respect them, I admire them. Um, here's a funny story uh i that same that same night we came well, no it was the next night and then and zeppelin was staying over um we played we all came home uh, from the game we we're in the hotel walking in the lobby and i go to get in <laughs> i go to get in the elevator the doors open there's Bonham with a bowler hat on and a robe like the robes they give you in hotels and you know this little the little shower <laughs> slippers Right? Great look. There he was, there he was standing there. He, he looked at me, and he just walked out of the elevator. But I thought, well, there's John. It was pretty... I mean, it's not like it wasn't going to say, hey, John, good to see you. He didn't look like he wanted to be talked to, so I just shut my mouth.
1: B- back in, in that day, was there... You know, uh, because uh, Jimmy Page, of course, was a a master session guy. He He had played on all kinds of people's albums and, you know, eventually got to Led Zeppelin. Did was there any time where Styx or you or Jimmy or ever thought of a collaboration or thought of putting a tour together? Was there any kind of or were you really two separate camps?
0: Well they were exactly pipe dreams. They were Led Zeppelin. They didn't need anybody that, that tour with them. We were Styx. they were Led Zeppelin. It's like you know, those are two different levels of um <clears throat> success. And no, of course not. And I, I don't know, I don't think Led Zeppelin ever did they ever I don't think they ever collaborated with anybody. Why would they? They're Led Zeppelin, and see, it would be like the Beatles. Hey, I was waiting for John and Paul to call. They never did, so I, I formed my own band. Um, Zeppelin, Pink Floyd, all those bands—they were just, you know, they're monuments on on Mount, uh, Rockmore. But there you go. Uh, you know, uh, still to this day, I'm a Beatles fan. I can't help it. I'm a I'm a melody guy. Yeah, you know, I always say I'm a melody man and a rhythm agent. And Zap, they were. Um, you know, they they were uh, they had melody. You know, the the biggest melody was probably in "Stairway to Heaven," uh, but there's a lot of blues wailing by Robert, which is um, was fantastic. It's just me. I'm you know, I'm 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 based in a more traditional songwriting.
1: Well, and 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 I guess we'll finish with this. But you look at the Styx catalog and you look at the Led Zeppelin catalog. Most of it. Written in the 70s, and here we are in 2020, and people still want to hear Babe I'm Gonna Leave You. People still want to hear Sweet Madam Blue. What was it about those two bands that here we what, 50 years later, people still want to hear the songs and go, yeah, that speaks to me. I love that. Um is it just good songs? Is it good presentation? Is it good instrumentation? Is it just two incredibly sexy, vivacious uh, frontmen? What, what's what's the story?
0: Well, you're the first one to call me sexy and vivacious that wasn't in an institution. <laughs> of but, course. No, I mean, I actually had my wife... Honey, you in there? Yeah. Yeah, she made me... She liked Robert Plant Dog Hunter. She made me some tops that looked like the top. you know, see-through things, you know, anyway. If you look back, there, there are some photos of me somewhere where I, I, I wore that kind of stuff, but, you know... um, No, I mean, listen, uh, come on. Uh, Led Zeppelin, uh, uh, the music, let's talk about the music. Let's not kid ourselves. Music was the focal point of young people's lives during the 60s and 70s and early 80s. It was everything. People waited for their favorite artist to release something. They'd run to the record store. They'd hold the album and they'd smell it. They'd read it. They'd ch- They'd lick it. I don't know what they were doing. They really believed that um, uh, that guys like me and guys in Zeppelin, they were we were bigger than life to them. Which is why we wrote the Grand Illusion to tell them, calm down out there. <laughs> you know, we're not we just you up here with nice lighting and loud instruments, but. Um, it was everything. There were no distractions. there weren 't a million things on the internet you could look at you couldn 't get you couldn 't just push a button and, and have every song ever recorded. You treasured that music. it was valued. It was everything to your life, which is what I talk about on the first song on twenty six east east of midnight is about hearing the radio and you know being transported to a place that you you 'd never heard of, never dreamed of and so at that moment. Music was fundamental to all young people's lives, not so today. I I make this joke all the time, but it's true. Do you think, even for yourself there, uh, Mitch, when you were 15 and 16 years old, would you be so uh, enamored with music if there was free porn on the Internet? I don't think so. There There would be some division of your attention. This is just it. I think that music was great. Great songwriting, great singing, great playing, real guys, playing real music right there in front of you, right? I mean, there it was. It wasn't manufactured. It was people who owned their their skills on their instruments and their singing uh, by playing live. And so that was that time. But I think we were a little bit lucky by birth because Led Zeppelin could come along right now. Who knows? You know, I mean, the same songs may not have the same resonance because music is not valued in the same way and the public at large has the ability to be distracted in so many different ways. So I think all of us that lived that time lived at the greatest time in the history of mankind to be musicians. Never before, and I don't think ever after, will so many musicians have the opportunities we had. And I'm glad the music has lasted. Um, But really, that's my take on it. I'm glad there wasn't porn.
1: Yeah, and and by the way, I agree with with that assessment because, and I'll just tell you, with my, my daughter, she... During the winter, we were driving up and down listening to Sirius uh, or, or listening to the radio, I should say. And there was a song that she played, and it, it came on. And it, every time it came on, we had to hear it. We had to hear it. We had to hear it. And then about a week ago, it we came on the radio, and I said, Oh, you're going to listen to She goes, No, nah, it's, it's old. And I went, What do you mean it's old? It's it's, it's like four months ago. <laughs> she says, No, no. Nah. And I'm just thinking, Wow, I've held on to songs for 40, 50 years. And for her, four months is like, Nah, it's. That's
0: because uh, everything in the culture is disposable. I'll give you my, my, my quick analogy. Back in the day you bought a record, Mitch. You bought it and you took it home, you didn't like it. It had one song the rest, rest of it was cracked. It's probably still sitting in your collection someplace because you couldn't throw it away. You'd never throw it away because you bought it. You held it. It was real. Music now is it's, it's 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 you stream it. It's not real. It's fake. It's coming across the airwaves and it's I can't look at it, I can't hold it, right? Can't touch it. Read about it, maybe uh so it's different, and the kids they they're in a hurry to do the next thing and I don't think we'd be any different, Mitch if we were born right now we'd be the same we'd be doing the same things, but we lived in a slower a slower world, and it was i mean you know this sounds like an old person talking it was better kids i'm here I'm here to tell you it was better, simpler and um There you go. Now I should go to Miami Beach and get a drink and talk about my blood pressure.
1: (laughs) Yes, you should. And and I will I will finish this with a quote from Alice Cooper talking about digital music. He says he said to me in an interview, I do not like the idea of owning air. I want to hold something in my hands. And he's right. I don't want to hold uh, uh, hold air either.
0: I I, I can't stand the phone much longer because I'll be busy signing my downloads and my streams. (laughs) <laughs> people want to be, would you Mr. DeYoung yeah would you please sign my download uh, yeah see what I mean
1: yeah it doesn't work uh, and on that thank you for taking the time to do this uh, today and uh, we will uh, speak again soon and of course folks uh, with all due respect one of the greatest videos with one of the greatest cameos uh, look for it yeah
0: there's a I understand somebody's going to get a daytime Oscar I,
1: yeah I heard it's going to be fantastic I can't wait yeah You can sign it for me after. All right. Thank you, sir.
0: This has been Rock Talk with Mitch Lafon. For
1: more exclusive content and interviews, subscribe on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, on YouTube, and many more. Follow Mitch on all the socials, especially Twitter at Mitch Lafon and on
0: Instagram at Mitch underscore Lafon. Get your Mitch merch now at loudtracks.com/slash Mitch.